jazzy is that? Love that music. <laughs> this is so professional. It is. Well, it's 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 uh it's three quarters professional. Uh, let's leave that. So, welcome to and one uh, quarter that's not so. Yeah, he's that's the quarter. The phone right there. Uh, yeah. Welcome to Crafty Stillers shooting the shit. Uh, Crafty is with us, just not entirely. He's on the phone. We're having some technical Hello, difficulties. I'm here. And thankfully that works. Uh, so we're here with uh, Philip and Alex from Mobius Distilling. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for preparing hey. for the last half an hour as we try and short this clusterfuck out. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. So, yeah, so without Crafty here, obviously we're going to have to fumble our way through. Um, Crafty knows you, but I don't. Who who are you? I'm me. I'm, I'm the That's a good start. <laughs> you think you need a drink first, don't you? Oh yeah. Uh, if if we if we must, well, I think after all of that, we certainly do. Um, uh, Crafty, what what are you? What have you poured yourself? What have I called myself? Oh, what have I poured myself? Sorry. <laughs> this is really fun. Um, okay, so I'm sitting sitting in my shed at Craftworks Distillery. Uh, I've got a bottle, uh, which is getting to the end, unfortunately, Todd, of the Vickery Hill Blunderbuss, which is a special one-off release, 52%, and I'm sitting here. I'm about to start enjoying it. I might have a bit more than what I actually planned, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably necessary. Uh, Todd, what have you, what have you got? Ah, mine. Um, I, I went for something a little unusual. I saw a, um, an so inexpensive... Glass, Luke. Oh, Luke, oh. Yeah. <laughs> this, Ancient Wisdom. I've never heard of it before. Um, apparently, it's from Melbourne, and it's uh, interesting. Well, interesting. Sorry. Interesting in what way? Um, well, it's okay. So it's a it's a, a no age statement, but it says it was distilled in 2016, single barrel red wine casks, and it got me because it said that it's floral vanillin with hints of tobacco and sandalwood. So on paper, it sounds really good. Um, And I think I'm getting the sandalwood, not so much the tobacco, though. So the tobacco is more what I was hoping for. But for 80 bucks for a bottle, it's all right. Not not too bad for a try. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of it. Says, Why don't you want tobacco in your, in your whiskey? What's, what's the flavour effect from that? Yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, I thought I like the smell of tobacco. Um, so why not try and see if they can recreate it? Boys, what's in yours? Philip, I think uh, I saw a beer there. <laughs> no, this, this is uh, Philip is drinking a apple pie and dry. Oh, it's one of ours. Yeah. Got to promote it. 
Yeah, well, you know, I'm driving in a bit, so I can't get, you know, on too much of the heavy stuff until I get home. <laughs> Are you yeah, no, so Crafty is a few hours away from home to the the, the uh, distillery, his shed. How far from home are you? Uh, about 15 minutes. Ah, oh, that's right. You can walk that. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to go to the truck tomorrow, so maybe not. <laughs> Managed to find uh, some um, awesome new gear on uh, Grey's Online. <laughs> so we're getting up bright and early to go and pick it up tomorrow morning. Ooh. Anything cool. interesting? Yeah, it's going to be a heat exchanger. It's the best ah, thing ever. That is. <laughs> oh, is there anything sexier than heat exchanger? And a big tank. Very nice. Heat exchanger and a big tank, Crafty. What have you been tank. doing all day? <laughs> well, that, that leads to a really good opening question for you guys. So if, uh, if I kick off a question and, and you can hear it, you can answer it. If not, then Todd, you can, and, uh, and Luke, you can run with the question, right? Yep. Go for it. All right. So, okay. So, um, yeah. Um, so, Phil and Alex, you're, you're basically self-funded for Mobius. You've bootstrapped the whole thing, right? Indeed. Yeah. Yep. Which I, I can relate to. So, what's, from your perspective, what's the challenges that you have? And, yeah, use the example of you know, what you did today with Grey's Online. That, that's quite interesting. When you don't have $2 million in the back of my pocket, you're going out there and, and building a distillery. You're, you're building it piece by piece and uh, making it work, which presents its challenges, doesn't it? So tell us a little bit about it, if you can. Uh, well, I guess it's sort of evolved from, you know, when I was, you know, passionately home brewing and, you know, making a lot of the home brewery, you know, from pieces I, you know, scrounged and repurposed and the like. So a chunk of that ethos has followed through into, you know, the distilling career. Um, but it's also like, yeah, well, okay, it'd be nice to have something, you know, bright and new and flashy, but why pay, you know, a gazillion dollars when, you know, I can get something that's secondhand and does just as good a job. And, you know, we like to call our place a working distillery, not a show painting. So, um, you know, I'm probably a bit more on form over, fu uh, function over form. Right. I think we can all relate to that. I certainly know that I can. Uh, yeah. As a very amateur home brewer and distiller, you just make whatever you can work. Yeah. And that's um, half yeah. the joy of it as well, isn't it? Indeed, indeed. I get a lot of pleasure out of that. Um, but, you know, to Crafty's point about, you know, bootstrapping stuff, you know, we've started small and then, you know, when we built the business and, you know, we were getting more sales coming in um we then needed more to produce more and so we've used the you know proceeds from the sales that we got to then you know buy some more gear so we could then step up to the next level and so it's been a series of you know incremental steps along the way um to get you know to where we are now and we'll probably continue like that for a while yet too i think is there any uh big ticket item on your wish list that you've just got a a alert on 
on eBay and Facebook Marketplace? We've, we've got one each. Um, mine's a, a label printer. Ooh. Yeah. 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 Right really. as crap. Yeah. And um, wish list is an Anton Park. Sorry, a what? Um, Anton, Anton Park. Park. Right. You might have to explain what an Anton Par is. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. It's a portable density meter. So you can, yeah. so you can measure. We're trying to talk. You can measure the specific gravity of your wash. You know, before you, you know, fermenting, uh, before you start fermenting, um, the alcohol concentration at the end. When you're running through the still, you know, and you're taking samples off the still, instead of having to, you know, take a sample and cool it down to 20 degrees C, so it's, or, or temperature compensate using your alchometers, it does it, you know, and takes that, you know, two mil sample and gives you a result in, you know, two seconds or so. Nice. So, as a, as yeah. a nerd, that really appeals to me. It's a serious game changer. It makes things so much quicker. Yeah. yeah. One thing it does does too, which is um, really really good, is when you're trying to ascertain a, a, the right strength to to um, make a whiskey. Uh, so you're taking samples out of a barrel, and um, what you do is you you, know, you blend the different barrels together, and you dilute it down, and you adjust it, and you end up making a, a bit of volume. Um, but if you use an Anton Parr, you can actually just do it all in, in like a in a shot glass. So uh, you save a lot of waste uh, and you get an instantaneous reading on, on your strength. So if you go, oh, I think this needs to be about 52, it's currently 58, and you blend it with something else and you throw a bit of water, throw the Anton Parr probe in and, and you've got a result straight away. So to me, that's been... You know, a real added benefit uh, with blending whiskey. That's my, my two cents there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very cool bit of kit. So. Mm. Sounds like one of those ones that you just sort of keep in a padded box and bring it out, hold it, and go, ah. Yeah. So pretty. And then put it back in its padded box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Find a place to store it. Let's, um, let's change it up. Let's, let's go right back to the start. Let's, um, let's start with the name. Where did the name Mobius come from? And also, what what is the history of Mobius? So how did you guys meet? How did you guys dream and get to the point where you got a little shed and, and, and it's just gone from there? So fill us in on the background, guys. Yeah. Um, okay, so I uh, was... Um, involved in a brewing and hospitality company a while back and was looking to go off and um, sort of go in my own direction. And I asked our brewer um, um, to be looking at equipment and he pointed me towards uh, Skill Dragon, which is a brand of um, uh, equipment that, you know, makes skills and, and what have you. Um, so I went up to um, Tamworth to... Uh, this is the guy who is the Australian um, agent for Full Dragon. And, I mean, we spent 90 minutes looking at all this really awesome stainless steel and then 14 hours drinking. And he put me on the frame back to Sydney um, the next morning and I remembered to say, oh, by the way, um, when I get back to Sydney, is there anybody that I would be able to 
you know talk more about with this with and um, yeah he point, pointed me towards um philip and so i emailed uh got in touch with philip through the steel dragon forum and yeah um we met up in a pub and had some beer um tried a few samples of stuff that i'd been making like this is all right took it home and gave to a few other people to say is this all right and they said yeah it's good and um so yeah we thought you know oh from the home brewing for an age i you know wanted to branch out you know into my own you know venture but i looked around and thought well i don't want to go and you know start a brewery one because of the amount of capital involved but two because of the number of breweries that are around the place um so you know um I felt that distilling was a much better, you know, avenue to pursue, you know, as a, initially a, stand, a, a sideline job, so to speak, compared to, you know, my day, day gig. Um, so, you know, I could leverage, you know, the knowledge and experience that I'd gained over several years, both through brewing and, you know, some um, backyard distilling. Um, and so, yeah, took it from there. So we decided to, you know, um, make a start um we first thought you know well what are we going to go to market with um apart from you know the million other questions we had um and you know issues that we needed to deal with so first up we basically went out and tested the market with a couple of products that i pulled together to do some road testing to see you know is it something that people would buy um and so yeah we went and did a a tasting no it wasn't really a tasting um we're sort of semi-trade semi-public um trade show for one of the term um we actually met nick and Andy there as well um, and so yeah got some really positive feedback um from both you know people who ran bars um or you know the buyers for you know bottle shops and etc as well as, you know, punters who were, you know, just interested in what was happening in, you know, the, the spirits industry. And so once we, you know, had some um, positive feedback that, yep, you know, these products are, are good to go, we then went, okay, so how can we then scale that up? We need to find a premises. We need to do this. We need to do that. And so um, we needed to start a business. <laughs> Um, and so, <laughs> yeah, you need to get, get serious. What, what, what sort yeah. of products, Phil, did we initially putting up there, um, you know, getting people to taste at the bar um, and, and public? What, was, it, yeah, uh, look, was it the vodka or was it, was it liqueur? Yeah, what was it? It wasn't the vodka. Um, I took a couple of gins I'd made um, as well as a couple of rums because I'm a big rum fan. Right. Um, as well as... Uh, well, the precursor to, to this. So, um, yeah, it was a, uh, yes. a, a precursor to the apple pie, the Moreau apple pie liqueur. Um, so, yeah, just dip the toe in the market with that. But then, yeah, we set up the business and we were throwing around ideas for, you know, um, names. And, you know, we're both a bit geeky, both a bit sciencey. And, you know, I've always loved this. The mathematics and everything behind a Mobius strip. Um, so um, I just said to Alex one day, "Well, 
what about Mobius? You know, is Mobius distilling? And he thought about it for a bit. He goes, yeah, that's really cool. Because, um, you know, a Mobius strip, you know, there's no beginning, there's no end. Uh, there's infinite possibilities, you know, for what we can do. So we thought it, you know, was a pretty apt metaphor for what, you know, we were about and what we were trying to do and stuff. Um, so, yeah, we decided to run with that. And the rest is history. Yeah, wow. Here we are. <laughs> and now, so how many different... Well, then we had to find a premises. And so it took us probably around a year of trying to, you know, going around trying, you know, to locate different premises and, you know, writing a budget and a business plan and all that, and all that fun stuff. Um, but one of the challenges that we found and worked out pretty quick is that, you know, without having, and this is back to your bootstrapping point, um, Crafty, without having, you know, that couple of million bucks in your back pocket, falling um, off is bloody hard. Um, in particular, when, you know, you've got to go to a commercial real estate agent, you've got a landlord and pay, pay rent and, you know, put bond up in front and, you know, paying commercial rent, you know, um, and signing, entering into a long-term contract for rent when, you know, you need to get, you know, significant cash flow coming in, you know, to be able to pay for that rent. Um, yeah, we, we tried a few different angles at that and then we ended up... Um, in 26 and a half square metres, <laughs> uh, we found this tiny little space over wow. in Michael. Um, yeah, Turn, you, turns out it was um, it was actually the uh, smallest independent <laughs> store. Wow. Well, look, that's a, that's a claim to fame. Yeah. Yeah, you could barely swing a cat in the place, you know. If you did, you know, you'd be smacking <laughs> into piles of bottles or the wall, you know. That, that makes our initial shed of 60 square metres sound. Yeah, it's oh, right, 60 square Bloody luxury. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, you had plans for that space as well, too, didn't you? You, you, you had, yeah. uh, there was going to be a bar yeah. and things in, in the yeah, adjoining yeah, building or something. It was a pretty cool space. And, you know, the landlord was, you know, um, interested in us helping him activate the space. But it was more, he was interested in us activating the space at our cost and uh, <laughs> our risk yeah, and right. everything like that, you know. So um, whilst he was keen, he wasn't interested in trying to assist us so that we could both grow, you know, uh, our separate businesses, you know, in parallel and support each other, you know, along that journey. Um, so we got to the point and said, well, look, um, what are you going to do? You know, they're going, well, you know, you guys need to make a decision. We're going, look, we've been talking to you for over a year with all of our ideas and none of it's, you know, come to fruition. Um, so we just went, all right, well, what's it? They offered us, you know, a place, you know, part of the same premises that, um, what they said was, you know, market rate. And so that, just immediately, you know, perked my curiosity and went, well, okay, let's have a look around and see what the market is doing. And um, found a immediately next door that was the same sort of space that we were looking at that was significantly cheaper. So then we went, all right, well, what else is around? And um, that's when we found this place we're in now over in Leichhardt, uh, not Leichhardt, Marrickville, uh, that uh, had been 
used uh, as a kombucha brewery. So it already had a DA approval for a brewery. And we just went, oh, happy days, walk up, you know, um, and start producing almost. Um, but yeah, we decided to bite the bullet and move into here. Um, scraped up some coin to, you know, pay the um, uh, the bond and all of that. Uh, moved in and um, about the same time, um, my day job, uh, I was working as a contractor. Um, contractor got extended. Two weeks later, they cancelled the project. So I went, well, am I going to go and keep working for the man or am I going to, you know, follow the dream and, you know, put all the, everything into this. And so that was 18 months ago when we moved in here and been distilling full-time since. Well, you've probably had a fair bit more time on your hands, uh, even more so over the last 12 months. Has that given you um, sort of extra, uh, extra time, extra oomph, or has it made things more difficult? Um, we haven't, haven't had more time, no, we've been... We've been going hard. Hard at it, you know. Um, because even more so than before. Yeah. Because mm. when, uh, well, when we were over in Leichhardt, you know, we, we decided that, you know, we'd hit the market with um, our 38 Special Vodka because um, every bar needs vodka. Um, so we were wanting to get the vodka out there, one, so that we could start to build, you know, rapport and relationships with bars, um, restaurants, pubs. Uh, and then move up, you know, or be, once we've got our foot in the door, then to on sell them, you know, other products such as the apple pie and some gin and so forth. Um, so, yeah, our primary focus was, you know, on selling, you know, to trade um, instead of direct to consumer. But when COVID hit um, and lockdown happened, we probably lost 95% of our business overnight. Mm. So, as far as having, you know, spare time to do, no, we're like paddling like hell to, you know, bloody stay afloat, you know, and going, what can we do? How can we do it? You know, where's some opportunities for us, you know, in these tight times that, you know, we can not take advantage of, but we can get on board with and, you know, make right. sure that we survive. You know? mm. And what, what, what strategies did you, did you end up with to survive? survive COVID, survive lockdown and, and come out the other side, hopefully a little stronger? Well, I mean, um, e-commerce. Beyond sanitizer. Yeah, beyond sanitizer. Hand sanitizer. Uh, I think <laughs> every distillery in the country has probably got a, a stash of hand sanitizer. Yeah, sitting on sitting <laughs> So if anyone's yeah. watching that wants some sandy, come and see us. We've got some. Yeah, uh, yeah really good. Deal. <laughs> It's gin-scented too. Yeah, look. Hygienic. Ah, beautiful. Back to Luke's question. Yeah, Luke, how did you adapt? Because it was challenging. Yeah. So, yeah, apart from getting burnt with hand sanitizer, we quickly built a direct-to-consumer um, online presence um, and started, you know, promoting that um, fairly actively. Um, as well as that, you know, we were still trying to, you know, maintain our contact with, you know, the bar, 
and stuff that we had been supplying to try and you know keep them uh, you know across what where we're at and to understand where they were at and what challenges they were facing. Um, we had a number of bars that we knew um, when things backed off a little bit, morphed into doing you know the home delivery cocktails, and so we were able mm. to supply you know supply them. Um, you know, just by keeping in touch with them and understanding what they were doing, yeah, we were able to supply them, you know, for doing, you know, take-out cocktails, uh, which certainly helped. Um, I think um, a lot of a lot of um, businesses, you know, during that, um, like the, the first couple of months of when COVID kicked in, um, were uh, really quick at um, being able to adapt and pivot what they were doing and... Um, you guys probably know that um, all of the, the liquor licenses, um, which up until then have been, you know, really quite strict about what you're allowed to do, um, they all got um, basically just changed and said, "Look, um, if you're currently selling liquor, um, keep selling liquor, um, provided you maintain your responsible service of alcohol, um, and you know, don't don't serve children, don't serve like, really drunk people." Um, just do whatever you have to do to survive. And yeah, that, that was actually from our experience dealing with the bureaucracy. That was just amazing that um, all the rules went out the window. And generally, nothing bad happened either. So, right. So, yeah. how do you take advantage of the other of thing that changing rules? Sorry? So, how, how do you take advantage of that change in rules? Um, with nobody able to go out. <laughs> no, but that's where, you know, people, like I was saying, you know, a lot of bars that we've been dealing with, you know, they, in order for them to survive, they morphed into doing, you know, um, pick up cocktails or take out cocktails. Yeah, yeah. So we were then able to supply our products to them so that they could then make those cocktails. Right. Um, but around that same time... A lot, where, bars, a lot, a lot of bars attempted to survive. He was just saying there's the way that bars were able to get through the shutdown. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and that, you know, takeaway cocktails really helped, you know, those guys. It certainly helped us that they were, you know, continuing to buy off us. Um, but, yeah, around that time as well, um, we had some good news in that we picked up um, right at the start of COVID. Um, actually, it's up here. Uh, we got gold medal and judge's choice awards for the apple pie liqueur um, at a competition. Um, so as a response to that, um, we then put some money into getting some photo shoots done and stuff like that. Um, so we could then promote, you know, the fact that we had, you know, won these, you know, medals in this competition for, you know, um, flagship product um we actually got in a new distributor um who you know has got us into a number of uh bottle shops around the place um and so yeah combination of being able to get recognition you know for the product um you know across trade and you know the consumer public and then be able to promote that uh, and then get you know, some more bottle shop sales, you know, certainly helped. You know. And then a little while later, sort of 
middle of the year, was it? Um, we won, well, we were awarded um, gold medal um, for the apple pie again at the London Spirits competition with the fifth highest score in the overall comp. Um, it was about the second highest liqueur score from memory. Um, so yeah, we were pretty happy with that. Yeah, that must give you a great confidence boost. Oh, well and truly. Yeah, it's not just my mum who thinks it's great. It's actually like, you know, um, people who know what they're talking about. Yeah, on the other side of the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, your mum's the best judge on most things, really, isn't she? Well, uh, yeah, she'd like to think. The Australian, you know, um, consumer is very much of the mindset that you know yeah it's a bit like you know the tall poppy syndrome you know if it's from overseas it's got to be better than what it is you know what we've got here and so getting that international validation for something that was made here i think you know is a pretty important piece of credentials that we can stand up to and say hey this is what we can make stand on the world state and make you know stuff that's as good as if not better than anywhere else in the world so mm. get behind, you know Let's support all of our Australian producers. Uh, yeah, amazing achievement. Well done. Cheers, man. So I'm going to have to... I think I've actually tried it, uh, the oh, apple pie. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely. Early, and it's so, so, amazing guys, how much how it tastes like apple pie. <laughs> yeah, funny that, eh? It's just... It's actually mind-blowing how accurate it is. And just how Moorish it is. Yeah. I yeah. struggled to not drink all of it. Don't fight the urge. It's the, the thing right. about um, Luke that you know we've found is that it's made on its own, but it's as per the label that we've got on the top, you know, of the bottle, you know, it's mix up a little something something. And that's because we haven't found something you can't mix it with yet. <laughs> Truthfully, right. you know, chuck it in some whiskey, bang some rum in it, you know, add it to a GMT, um, put mm. it in a prosecco. It just takes all of these other drinks to another level. It's a bit experimental with it. It's really good. And all then right, tell us what you do with it. Do it. Tell us what you do with it, and you know, because we're interested in what everyone does with it too. Yeah. Wow. That sounds like a, uh, a interesting uh, social media uh, challenge to put out there. Yeah. See what crazy, weird combinations and cocktails people can come up with. Yep. Send them through. Brilliant. So what's next? What's happening at the moment? You, uh, <laughs> you've got the apple pie. That's going brilliantly. You've got your vodka. Have you tried it with apple juice? Yes, it's good with cider too. Right. Try it with crafty. So what's next? Say again? What was that? I said try it with cider. No, I said have you, have you tried it with apple juice? Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. Say what's next? This is what's next. Very nice. Uh, this is. What is that? Uh, this is the company you keep Sorry, guys, in. I got a delay on my okay. So he's just showed a bottle of the company you keep. The company yeah, I keep. keep. Yeah. 
it's a new gym that we're uh, releasing. I mean, as I said earlier on, I've been a mad keen gin maker and gin oh yes, 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 for um, a long time. Um, I've held yep. off releasing a gin, you know, into sort of the commercial market, um, just because there's so many gins out there. And mm. how do you stand out in the? I wouldn't call it a saturated market, but a very crowded market. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So a while back, um, uh, just behind the head here, um, got the put out the two two oh four gin. So it's a Marrickville Dry yeah. Gin. Uh, available cellar door or on our website. Um, it's a cracking, you know. Dry style, um, a little bit more assertive than some, um, but it's more, you know, just so that we've got a foot in the market. You know, when everyone says, "Oh, where's your gin?" We go, "Well, there it is." You know, the crack. Um, whereas the company you keep, um, it's something we've developed um, with our the guys that do all of our branding. They've come up with all of the label designs and that type of thing. Um, we're all, both our, the branding guys and ourselves, we're all about having conversations like this and, you know, sharing our experiences and having sitting around a table and sharing drinks. And as a distiller, one of the best things I can do is share my product with, you know, people. And, you know, I get great pleasure out of doing, you know, sharing, you know, that. And, you know, yeah. people obviously, you know, like it and, you know, buy it and continue to buy it. With you. Uh, but, you know, just that whole, you know, group of people that you have around and those acts of having, sitting around sharing a drink and having a chat, um, like we're having now, like Crafty and I've had on, I don't know how many occasions, you know. it's You, you also, you know, hang out with some like-minded people as well. And so it's the conversations you have, you know, when you having a, a, a drink, you know, something that's of quality, you know, is quality in itself. And so that's where sort of the, the inspiration behind, you know, the company you keep, you know, yeah. is. You, know, you want to share good quality with, you know, good friends and good family and share that and enjoy the relationships that you develop and, you know, the experiences that you have together. Um, so... When we we're talking with you know Dan and Kent from our branding agency about you know these sorts of things that really resonated with me and so um, I said look they had some ideas about how they wanted you know the gin and I gave them a cut some samples of a couple of different things I'd made and there was sort of two that you know really took their interest one of them was like a really big bold juniper heavy gin uh, that's really polarizing you know for um mm. a lot of people because it's you know so assertive um you know, for people that we've given it to half go yeah i absolutely love it and the other half go mm, nah definitely not don't want i don't want a second one uh which is great you know because again it's part of those conversations yeah, yeah. that forces people to have an opinion you know which is not poor yeah you know, um, it's when I think I hate people who don't think about things or, you know, say, no, I don't like it because it's too much of this or it hasn't got enough of that, you know. Whereas, you know, if you push the envelope a bit, people start to think and go, oh, what's that that I'm tasting? How, you know, um, 
So there was that that one. And there was another one that I'd made that was um, a bit more approachable. It was very much citrus. Um, and I'd made that. I got together for with a group of friends here in the distillery one weekend. And these guys that I've known, you know, for 30 odd years. And so, you know, I sailed with them. And so I'd made a batch of gin with them, especially for them that time. And so, you know, it sits on the back bar, you know, and it's just known as the sailing crowd gin. So guys really like this as well. And so they said, well, we really like the assertiveness of the juniper in this, but we really like the citrus that's in, in this one. And so I basically, you know, brought those two things together into the company UK. Wow. And is that is it bottled at a, at a higher percentage? What's uh, where, no, it's, it? it's still at 40. Um, okay. You know, some people will, you know, go, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, 47 or 52, you know. Yeah. I let the product speak for itself, not the ABV. Oh, absolutely. It's all about the flavour yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's yeah. nice to have that story of uh, the the mix of the mates and that's a uh, mix of the mates, the, the experimentation, uh, bring it all together into a bottle. Uh, that... I find that interesting, the collaboration that you had with your marketing agency to come up with the product. Um, gen generally, it's sort of you go to the marketing agency with, here's the product, sell it for me. So you have a, a different relationship, a different approach with them where it's yeah, collaborative yeah. about building a product. Oh, it's not just building the product, but it's building our brand and our story and you know, building their business as well, you know, because um, mm. their focus can, is entirely on the drinks industry. Yeah, right. Very nice. And that's available now? Uh, just, uh, just, just, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, go, go for it. it. Yeah, just a question. The um, You've used the postcode Marrickville um, as, as part of the branding. Is that is that right? Not on this particular oh, gin, on the, on the gin that's, um, so the gin that we sell on our yeah. uh, online shop or over mm. the counter here, um, yeah, is the 2204 Marrickville Dry, but this one that is just about to hit the market is, uh, yeah, a different beast. And uh, how far off right. is that from, uh, from sale? Uh, we were going to um, release it next week, but um, it, the, uh, the first batch actually got um, snapped up um, all in one go. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a problem to have. So I've had to make more this week so that we can have something ready for it. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. So, um, so this week was, was in on Monday. Yeah. Rum on Tuesday. Rum on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yep. Today, today's whiskey. Um, and tomorrow's um, probably more whiskey. More whiskey and getting tanks. And getting tanks. Getting equipment. equipment. So that is a lot of product and a lot of very different product. What's your still setup like? Depends How do you manage all of those things? Depends on any given day. Um, so this is one of the benefits of um, using modular gear. Um, so we, uh, I said, you know, we originally ended up meeting up over um, Dual Dragon equipment 
and mm. that's what we are, we're using. So um, the whole thing can get pulled apart, reconfigured. So if Phil wants to make gin on Monday, um, you can clamp together a uh, gin basket onto it, um, and then to make rum, unclamp that and reconfigure it. Yeah, if I want to make a heavy rum, I reconfigure it one way. If I want to make a lighter rum, configure it another way. Um, yeah. Right. That gives you a huge amount of flexibility and sure it does. Wow. But yeah, like I said earlier, I'm, I love my rums. Alex, you know, likes his whiskey with the hamster. Is that how it goes? That's right. So yeah, you know, apart from you know the market saying you know we want a gin um you know we like to keep each other happy you know so that's why i'm making some run for myself making some whiskey for alex you know yeah. um well as you know what the market sort of saying but as well you know i'm doing some other things as well that you know it's what i think the market would you know i'm trying to keep an eye out on you know some, now i like food and i like flavors mm -hmm. um, experimenting with food and experimenting with flavor and so yeah i've got a bunch of you know ideas on the board you know for um not necessarily products but flavors and spices and botanicals that you know i'm keen on experimenting with and seeing if i can come up with a product you know that might yeah. work from that you know again you know from having that sort of slightly off-center view of things instead of going, oh, well, yes, we do a whiskey and we do a rum and we do a gin and, you know, everyone else is the same. Same as, like, you know, you look at a brewery, you know, oh, I've got my Pilsner, I've got my IPA, I've got my Stout, yeah, yeah. yada, 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 you know, and you go to another one and they've got the same sort of lineup, you know, where, where, what differentiates one from another, um, mm. you know. Um, so in terms of your, your rum and your whiskey, Generally, they take a, a while longer to, to get out the door. Yeah. And we can see uh, the, the tops of some barrels over your shoulder there. Uh, what, what's happening with the rum to begin with? Um, it goes into a barrel and then we forget to, try to forget about it for two or three years. Right. How many years in are we now? Um, well, we, we barreled it yesterday, so... <laughs> Right. Okay. Uh, yep. We're counting. We're counting. Yeah. Yeah. So a little right. while. Cool. So <laughs> we are we are very early in the process. Yeah, yeah. and only seven hundred and something days to go. I think. Cool. 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 <laughs> and how 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 much have you got so, sitting so, there look, now? Um, that comes back to you know like Crafty's question about bootstrapping. You know, because to put you know dark spirits down is quite a capital expenditure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So without having, you know, lots of backing or, or any backing, you know, we've been, you know, working on, you know, cash flow and then going, mm. right, we're at the point where we can, you know, start to lay some stuff down. And, you know, done some small scale batches to, you know, test a couple of, you know, processes out and things like that um, to, you know, now get to the point where we're going, right, now let's start to put some stuff down um, and doing some... Again, a few ideas that are, you know, a bit left of centre um, to make, you know, a more interesting product when it comes out at the end of the aging period. Right. So, so you've got the rum down yesterday. 
and uh, the whiskey. Uh, we'll be doing something with that next week. Right. Very well, nice. We had a couple of barrels we've put down earlier. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The ones um, that so you forget about. We've got three barrels. Yeah, yeah. Got three barrels of uh, whiskey which we put down maybe six months ago. Um, but yeah, we've also got a couple of barrels of um, brandy we've done. Okay. Uh, oh. So yeah, this was part of yeah, the, been busy. the COVID morph, you know. Um, started off, you know, everyone was making sanitizers, so, you know, you couldn't find neutral spirit to save yourself. Um, so we went, well, where can we get some you know, alcohol. alcohol. Any kind of alcohol. <laughs> but, yeah, and, uh, yeah. You know, convert to sanitizer, and we ended up, we found a bunch of um, wine, which if you remember this time last year, you know, the country was ravaged by bushfires, mm. and so all the bloody grape growers were, you know, weren't even picking their grapes, the whole pile of them. Um, but we found um, one guy who actually picked and then processed and had stuff in a tank, um, but he got it tested, and it um, was tainted by bushfire smoke, and so he didn't want to release it. So we said, great, we'll grab it. And so we got a few thousand litres of wine shipped down to us, and um, we, as we said, we were going to make some sanitizer out of it. Uh, so we started distilling it out and then went, hang on, this is actually really tasty. So it was pretty ordinary wine. It hadn't been finished or anything. It was really young. Um, but then by the time we distilled it out, it was a really tasty eau de vie. Um, so I thought, no, we've got to chuck some of this into a barrel and see how it turns out. So another mm. eight months, we're going to have some um, bushfire smoke brandy. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Very nice. Something to look forward to. So are you brewing as well or because you've got a home brewing background so do yeah. you do your own brewing as well or do you have the space um we probably could squeeze one in here but then we wouldn't have room to do other things uh, <laughs> the other thing is i mean like we're in the middle of um Marrickville here and i mean we can walk to about you know, 12 really awesome breweries oh definitely that are all set up to be, to be able to do that so yeah. It, would, it would kind of be a bit of a waste if we, you know, were to actually build our own brewing system in here. Yeah, yeah. When well, certainly Marrickville is the uh, the uh, the the brewing home homeland of uh, of Australia, really. Now, isn't it? We've got more yeah, breweries, yeah. Uh, more breweries in this place uh, than anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. That, that adds to our story as well. That you know. We're collaborating with, you know, Brewery X around the corner to, you know, come up with the grain bill and, you know, mash it out and ferment it. Um, I'm, I'm keen on, uh, you know, some further experimentation with, you know, grain bills and yeast strains and things like that. Um, mm. to, you know, again, you know, from, you know, brewing, you know, coming from a home, passionate home brew background and a, you know, being a certified beer judge, you know, and knowing the influences that, you know, different grains and different yeasts and processing techniques can have on the finished yeah, product. Yeah. yeah, I want to try and apply some of that to, you know, the distilling world instead of just going, oh, well, let's just take some ale malt and, you know, a Scottish whiskey yeast and chuck it in the in together and 
there will get something out that's the same as everyone else is doing, you know? Well, not everyone else, Crafty. Sorry, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've just uh, flicked up there a question from Crafty, seeing as he's resorted now to uh, just using Facebook. Uh, right. What are your plans for the cellar door? Are there any plans for the cellar door? There are indeed plans for a cellar door. Um, the building that we moved into um, has got, uh, it's about 450 square metres, but there's another 250 square metres of yard out the back. It's just hard stand, you know, concrete. Um, it's really got, we don't need it, um, but we'd love to be able to have you know, people over to, you know, share a drink with and, um, yeah, it's, it's a really nice space. There's a big tree that overhangs the back. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to being able to have people over. Mm, a spirits garden. That sounds fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of, one of the, my uh, most frequented uh, of the breweries in the Marrickville area is Source. And having mm. that huge back area there that they've got just makes it, um, such a destination because they've got the space. Yeah. Uh, if, regardless of whether it's hot or cold, you can sit out there under the cover and uh, enjoy it with uh, with the family because there's far too few family-friendly uh, venues. Mm. We can go and have a decent beer or a drink of some form uh, and have the kids running around without a problem. Mm. So yeah, um, we're really looking forward to it. Um, we've been uh, watching uh, some of what's been going on with the Inner West Council and how they're um, announcing, making announcements about how they're um, trying to improve some of the processes around DAs and you know, approvals and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's really exciting from you know from our point of view because um, the, the usual sort of system that we have had to deal with up until now. Um, has been a bit difficult to navigate. So, yeah, um, watch this space. Yeah, awesome. So more more booze soon. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a beer garden or, well, a, a, uh, an outdoor area of some form uh, and more brewing. That's a lot going on. So where do you oh, yeah. see Crafties piped in? Where do you see Mobius in two, five years? You're moving, you're growing, you're... Growing, definitely. Growing, yeah. Whether we move out of here, I don't know. It's a bloody good spot. Um, it's got a nice feel to it. So. It's, it's probably, you know, do whatever we can to stay here, I think. And if we need, you know, a, a space where we can store barrels... Well, we'll go and rent one. Right. Yeah. You know, we don't have to be all under the one roof. Mm. You know, every you know sort of maintain. You know, particularly if we've got you know the spirit garden out the back and stuff. You know, it's more like well, his home. You know, and we can you know park barrels somewhere else um, and let them just sit in peace and quiet and do their thing. You know. Um, Crafty's got some space in his shed, I think. <laughs> yeah, I have you, man. Yeah, we've that doubled the size of our ship. But, you know, some of the things I'm actually interested in talking to Crafty once we start getting, you know, a, a bit more stock on hand about, you know, I'm um, kind of work with, you know, a couple of other distillers as well in other areas so that, you know, we can do 
you know, barrel swaps and things like that. So if he makes two barrels of one product and I make two bar barrels of another product, I keep one here and send one to him. He sends one of his back down to me. And so, mm. you know, just having, you know, same product and aging in different, you know, locations, different climatic areas, different, you know, temperatures, pressures, humidities, etc. And then, you know, here's swap them back after a predetermined time. And then, you know, you've got mm. extensively the same product, but it's actually two different products because of, you know, the maturation, you know, environments. That's it. The, the, the variation that you can get from that would be uh, quite interesting to do a side-by-side -side comparison of them. Yeah. Uh, how has altitude or how has being so close to a bushfire affected yeah. the end product? Uh, versus being in the uh, uh, the inner west of Sydney and uh, if, relative if not If Crafty's not yeah. interested in that, I definitely would be interested in trying <laughs> to force him to take a couple of barrels. It'd be quite a good experiment, awesome. I think. Awesome. We'll talk I'm, more I'm sure he'll be yep. into it. I'm sure he'll be into I'm it. I'm sure he will. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so where, where do we see ourselves? Um, Hopefully coming up with more <laughs> new crazy spirit ideas. Yeah, certainly looking to, you know, expand um, our distribution um, so that we can actually get, um, you know, product out into more hands, more glasses, people having yep. more conversations with our product. Um, and then, yeah, beyond that, yeah, I would like to um, see what we can do about, you know, moving offshore or moving product offshore. Mm. Um so is that a, is that more a um, a question of volume? Uh, so you've you're you're obviously in Dan Murphy's now with the uh, the apple pie. Uh, so you've got to have a decent amount of volume to uh, to send product through Dan's. Uh, is going offshore or um, getting into uh, getting more volume going to need a bigger premises or more capacity of some form or? Well, that's why I'm buying these tanks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Just I've, I've also worked through that, you know, like, you know, the production processes that I use. And I've worked out at the moment I'm doing certain things in certain ways because I'm, you know, constrained by the equipment I've got and the space right. that I've got. Um, so by getting some more equipment in, it means I can do a bigger volume in a shorter period of time, just by changing my process slightly. Mm. Um, so instead of it taking me, you know, nearly a week to do a batch of apple pie, I've worked out I can shrink that down to two days. Wow. Right? So then, you know, I'm able, as well as being able to do a bigger volume in a batch, I can then yeah. do more batches in a week. Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure they're very long days. <laughs> They all are, yeah. But, you know, it's just by, you know, working through how you do things and like you, yeah, that's how I'm looking to, at least initially, you know, expand capacity mm. or production capacity. Yeah, um, yeah. You can then supply both domestic and have the ability to look at, you know, offshore. Mm. We've already got those offshore awards, so I'm sure that will help. Yeah, mm. indeed. So Crafty's piped in again. Um, collaboration. What's your thoughts on uh, what's your thoughts of Australian craft spirits movement? 
Good question. Now, I think we might need to interpret that. I think so, collaboration was the possibly the answer to the previous thing about barrel swaps and stuff. We're very big on yeah. collaborating with others. And then yeah, we'll be watching thoughts. So who are you watching in the Australian spirits industry? Who's sort of got your eye as doing something quite interesting? Mm. Well, I, I don't tend to... Oh, look, I have a general interest in what everyone else is doing, but it's not like I'm, you know, fanboy of, you know, distillery A versus distillery B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm sort of keeping a watching brief, I guess, on what other people are doing. Um, yeah. I'm probably more interested in being able to do the best I can and, you know, produce as quality first and foremost, you know. Um, mm. I'm interested in what other people are doing and want to see them succeed, but I'm also interested in seeing what they're doing so that I can, as I was saying, you know, I like to be a little bit left, left or center. Or right or center, you know, so that, you know, I'm creating, you know, products that I hope, you know, people find interesting that are a bit different to, you know, just, you mm. know, another vodka or another gin or whatever it happens to be that is something there's something there that you know inspires a conversation inspires a repeat purchase you know that someone can get you know passionate about and you know go and advocate you know for my products instead of you know going mm. you know buying you know something from you know one of the multinationals that you know is in every bottle shop you know um i'm probably more interested in you know what's happening with the rise of the industry overall instead of you know what's this distillery doing versus mm -hmm. that one you know um so in that vein where do you see the industry going what are the trends um, that you're seeing i think that things are there's a lot of people coming into the market it seems now that have got quite a bit of coin behind them and mm -hmm. so that you know the distilleries that they're brewing they haven't bootstrapped They've just gone out, you know, with a, a checkbook and said, I want one of them. And that's going to mm -hmm. look really cool over here. And so then, you know, they open up with their cellar door and everyone goes, oh, look, it's bright and shiny, yay. But, you know, do they actually know how to make a product or, or you know, make a quality product, you know? Mm. And it worries me a bit that, you know, people might be, you know, dazzled by the bright lights and, you know, the shiny copper thing in the corner, you know, rather than, you know, what's this in the glass that I've just been presented and, you know, is it any mm. good? Why do I like it? You know, would I buy it? Would I share it? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, what, or how would I drink that, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. You would certainly hope that that would uh, sort of come out in the wash. Uh, yes, yeah. they may have all the shiny bells and whistles, the uh, the beautiful location or the, the very pretty still. But if it doesn't taste good at the end of the day, you're not going to go back. Well, I think that's I know, probably the strength they, of passion. If they've got marketing dollars behind them and they can convince everyone that this is really good. <laughs> In which case, you don't get lots of them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If that if that is what the what the market want, wants, then yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure there's always going to be a market for passion and. Uh, and experimentation. Yeah. And yes, Crafty's just chimed in again saying that his copper is very dirty. <laughs> is that a euphemism, sure? Or... Not sure. 
<laughs> well, this has been really hey, good. Jeff. It's been a little bit difficult, obviously, with uh, with Crafty being, well, half hey, here, half not. Yeah. So thank you for bearing bearing with us. Um, we'll see uh, the company you keep in stores in the next few weeks, months, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, anyone in particular we should look out for? Um, any uh, locations? We've got um, the Moreau is in a dozen BWSs around the inner west at the moment. Um, so we're going to try and get company you keep into there first and foremost as well as some of the, the independents um farrah's down in canberra for one um the, uh, oak, Bar the oak barrel up in sydney is always a great place to find locally made uh good, good quality locally made craft spirits as well yeah, yeah a few porter stores a few chambers around the place mm -hmm. wonderful uh and and now to plug the, your uh, website Plug your website yes. and mailing lists. Yep. Yep. So you've got a website up there. You're on Facebook. Um, Insta. At, at Mobius Distilling. Uh, sorry, at Mobius Distilling Co. And, uh, yeah, obviously jump on the website to order. Uh, get into the gin. Definitely get into the apple pie. That <laughs> shit's awesome. Hey, um, is, before everything wraps up, is there anyone online who's got any questions? Well, let's go back. Crafty was certainly chiming in. We've had a few chime in here and there, uh, mainly with a hello. <laughs> um, hello. So we can... Yes, they're there. There's... Hi, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Uh, any, go any through. Jacob. I think we've been answering them as we go along. Okay. Um, so, no, I think we're all right there unless anyone oh. chimes in quickly. Go. Yes, you can. <laughs> all right, never mind. Don't leave us hanging. Awkward silence. <laughs> Nobody likes that. No. <laughs> uh, it's all good. So... Wonderful. This will go out as, uh, well, it's already on YouTube. It's already on Facebook Live. It'll be available at all of those. Um, and uh, there you go, Jeff. It's been interesting. Uh, journey is similar. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for your time and patience. And, yes, thanks, uh, thanks for the patience. Good luck with the new release. Um and I look forward to uh, to having a sampler. I'm certainly going to swing past the uh, the well. I'll swing past the di uh, distillery and just knock on your door. Yep, easy. Yep. Wonderful. There, man. Awesome. That's I will good. be there. Thank you very much. Us, guys. It's been good fun. And uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Cheers. Great. Cheers. Thank you. Well done. Good night, everyone.